Hello, and welcome to One Real Good Thing, where we dive into one thing you can do today to propel your life in a healthy direction. I'm Ellie Krieger, and in this episode, I'm talking with internationally recognized nutrition expert and author of Zero Waste Cooking for Dummies, registered dietitian Roseanne Rust. She reveals how to get three amazing meals out of one by taking advantage of dishes she calls food waste heroes. For her one real good thing, cook once, eat thrice, waste zero. Roseanne Rust, thank you so much for being here and talking with us today. Thank you for having me. I am so excited about your one real good thing because I think it's so profoundly important for so many different reasons. So it's cook once, eat thrice, not twice as many people say, but three times and zero waste. So it's such a critical issue overall to have zero waste. But this whole notion of cooking once and eating three times really can have so many different powerful impacts. So I want to kind of unpack this a little bit, but let's first, as we're unpacking, let's like dive into why wasting less food is so important because that's really the crux of your book, Zero Waste Cooking. And one of the major benefits of this notion of cook once, eat thrice. I want to quote something in your book, this number that I have read before that is so incredible that it literally makes my brain explode. Mm -hmm. An estimated 30 to 40% of the food supply in the United States is wasted. I mean, that just makes me fall off my chair. 30 to 40% of food is wasted. So Can you tell us a little bit more about that and why it matters? Absolutely. And it's, you know, 30 to 40% in the U.S. and 30% globally. And, you know, just before I explain, what also blows my mind is when I did the research for this book and I started to look at all of this data, the idea that, okay, that's one thing, we're wasting 30 to 40% of our food, but we're also with that food that gets thrown into the garbage, you're also wasting all of the manpower and resources, the water, the soil, everything that went into delivering that food, all of that gets wasted too. So that's sort of another, whoa, moment. Yeah. And then it winds up in landfills. Exactly. And And that's a whole other impact environmentally. Right. Food waste is the number one product in municipal landfills that is producing methane. So that's the environmental end of it. When we throw away food, it goes to our local landfills and it rots. And as it rots, it's a methane producer and methane is a greenhouse gas that impacts the environment. So you hear a lot about cow burps, but we don't always think about the food that we're just chucking in the garbage because we forgot it was in the back of the fridge or we bought too much or you know, we just don't want it. And we aren't thinking about what the consequences are to our food budgets and to the environment. Yeah. And so budget wise, of course, throwing away food is literally throwing away money. So literally, yes. The average American throws away $1,500 worth of food per year. Oh my goodness. That's a vacation somewhere. (laughs) That's that's a lot of good things. (laughs) Oh, that's incredible. It literally pains me to throw away food. And we all do sometimes. Okay. So I think one of the things that I love about your voice in this book is that you're saying 
this is practice, not perfection. Okay. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to, this is not a guilt trip. So let's not even go there. There's really no time for that. Nobody has energy. I do not have energy for the guilt trip. It's a waste of energy. So let's not do that. So I love that that's your voice in it. And so forgetting about the guilt trip, but just making, trying to establish some habits that can really make a difference in terms of your food waste can make a huge difference in terms of the environmental consequences, the whole food chain from the beginning of the food chain till to the garbage dump, right? Mm -hmm. And then also for your pocketbook, saving the money. And also you mentioned in your book how this also could potentially improve your health by wasting less food. Right. And you know that you mentioned not being perfect. Absolutely. It's about progress, not perfection. We're all human. And this is a behavior change. So as dietitians, we know when we try to help people make tweaks in their behavior to improve their health, this isn't an overnight kind of thing. It takes some thoughtfulness and then eventually some action. And as I wrote the book and did the research, of course, I was beginning to be more mindful. I had some background about the food waste issue. I was more aware of it maybe than the average person. But the more I read, the more I started to think, what more can I do? And where are my weaknesses when it comes to grocery shopping, meal planning, cleaning out my fridge or organizing my pantry and seeing what I have? I think that you know it doesn't matter where you are on the spectrum of your knowledge or awareness of food waste, you can move forward and save yourself time, money. Ultimately, that's usually everyone's goal. You're still going to eat, have food that tastes good and you're going to save money. And the environment, you know, it doesn't matter to everyone, but in the long run, it's going to benefit you and the environment. Yeah. And I think, um, so my initial question was also about how this could make you healthier. And in, yes. in some way, and I think that's where you're like, that's wait, where, where, I was was like, where am I going now? <laughs> right. Okay. That's it. So as I was going through my own mindfulness, I realized that, well, number one, the data shows that it's the perishable items, dairy, fresh fruits, and vegetables that are most wasted, right? Because they have a shorter life. They all can't, some of them can't be frozen. Some of them can, but those are the things that people tend to overbuy and then they don't get to that bag of spinach or the vegetable or whatever that's in their fridge. So I realized when I really made a commitment because, okay, I'm writing this book, I need to practice what I preach here and make all the effort that I can. Those are the foods that you start to think, okay, wait a minute, I have those peppers in the fridge. I bought a big bag of them and I only used three and now they're still in there. What can I use them for? How can I add them into my lunch, my dinner, my omelets or whatever? Or how can I cook them so that they'll last longer or preserve them in some way? So my hypothesis is that when you start to reduce your food waste, you make a bigger effort to finish all those fruits and vegetables that you and we know that's an important part of a healthy diet and one that lowers blood pressure and keeps your heart and mind healthy. So that's my hypothesis. Yeah. Well, that is a good hypothesis and it's very possible. Um, one of the things though is definitely overbuying. And I think in the book where you talk about so many different elements of zero waste cooking. So just to like rattle off some of the things that are in the book, 
There's information about setting up your kitchen, storage optimization, preserving food, stocking your pantry. There are wonderful meal plans. There's tons of recipes, but we're going to zero in because this is one real good thing. It's so hard to pick one thing sometimes. I feel like I could have you on for a whole series <laughs> and people could buy the book and get it all. But for our one real good thing, cook once, eat thrice. So much of that starts at the grocery store, right? Um, and so that's what we're really digging into here. And so going back to your notion of who doesn't have food going bad in their refrigerator produce drawer. Sure. I right. mean, it's such a common thing that it's, and it's frustrating for people. I think people realize it and they chuck it some, you know, wilted lettuce in the garbage. It's almost painful to do. So I think so much of it is this planning. So it's not just shopping. So what you buy is what you're going to eat or throw away, whatever. So making this conscious effort at the grocery store, but it actually happens before the grocery store. And so it's sort of like pre-gaming the grocery store. And it, and that's basically planning and strategizing before you even get to the grocery store. And that sounds kind of like a pain, maybe like, oh yeah. no, now I have Plans to- Plans sound like a pain. <laughs> no one likes to have to do a plan, the meal planning, the thinking, the list, but you can make it easy for you. So there's no one way to plan anything. And whether it's jotting it down in your phone, making a list, but the first step is to kind of start working on being more aware of what you have in your own kitchen. What's in the fridge all the time? What's in there now? What's in your pantry? And then it just becomes second nature. You know, you're going to check it before you go to the store, but sometimes you're going to forget and that's okay. <laughs> well, and I, I actually find in some way it makes it easier because what I personally do, instead of planning seven dinners and that seems like very overwhelming to me, seven of a thing. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, too. by cooking once and eat and getting three meals out of it, as you're saying. So we're gonna have some examples of that and so on. But the whole notion of cooking one major time and batch cooking, it's called really cooking once and eating three times means I only personally plan three meals a week. Right. So I buy the ingredients essentially for three meals. And then I have various things in my pantry that I know I always have. I always have eggs. I always have pasta. I always have canned beans. I always have grains. I never don't have those things. So yes, you know, you have to keep track of what's in your pantry, but if you kind of have those staples, then you can build, build those second and third meals from there. And we're going to get into this more because you call them food waste heroes, these recipes that are food waste heroes, right. which I just love that term. But this whole thing, it doesn't have to be that hard because literally you're going from planning maybe seven meals where 40% of that's getting wasted. And now you're just, how about just planning three? And then maybe one night you'll go out or whatever. And, but then it's, I think that's kind of liberating to just have to plan three meals for the week. Right. And the idea, and it, doesn't always have to be batch cooking in what some people might define as batch cooking is cooking a lot of things. It doesn't have to be all the things. It could just be one thing. And that's what we'll talk about, you know, a roast chicken or a roast pork or roasted vegetables. And then how you can make that one thing in a big batch into those three meals. Right. So let's give and some then, examples of that, yeah, actually. Let's get into it. Like, let's, like, I have a few ideas too, but I would, I would love to hear like what, give me one example of a, like cook one, eat thrice. Give me one yeah. like full, full rundown of that. All right. So let's start with just roasted vegetables. I love roasted vegetables. They're easy to do. You can almost roast any vegetable. So, and I find that more I get a lot of people looking for recipes that are just for two. 
And I think households are getting smaller. So there's, you know, people aren't necessarily cooking for six. And it's often the smaller households that are struggling more with food waste because there's only two or three people in the household, let's say. So if you do a big sheet pan of roasted vegetables, and this could be, you know, squash, peppers, mushrooms, onions, eggplant, potatoes, all cubed up, roast them on one giant pan. You might have six servings of vegetables there, let's say. You roast that one night, you have it as a side dish, and then the next day you can use some of those vegetables maybe to top a sandwich or to top a salad. And then a third day you can use the rest of it to mix with rice or put onto pasta, like rice and pasta or one of those food waste heroes because you can top them with almost anything and make a one bowl meal. And then you have all new tastes. You can add some new flavors to that dish. And it's not just, oh, I'm reheating this side dish of roast vegetables. You're going to do something else with it. Totally. Make it into a new meal. I love that. So it doesn't have to feel like leftovers. So I personally love right. leftovers. I'm like a leftover person. The I, cook always I, loves I know. I don't right? understand people that don't let, like leftovers. And if you're listening now and you don't like leftovers, we could still totally be friends. I just don't get it. But what I do know is that you can make leftovers taste like a completely new meal so that even the people that don't like leftovers are going to be pleased. Right, so I, right. so, so that's kind of what you're getting at with these different flavors. And I love the roasted vegetable idea. And I was actually kind of running with that because if you, let's say you make night one is roasted vegetables, even a rotisserie chicken and some roasted, you know, and maybe the roasted potatoes have uh, the roasted vegetables have some potato or whatever. Then the next night you can pull that chicken, whatever you didn't eat. You can make, Mm -hmm. this is one of these food waste heroes. We're getting into it now. (laughs) One of the food waste heroes I think is tacos. Because then you just take tacos and nachos. Yeah. You take the shredded chicken and the rest of the chicken, you shred it up and you put it with some salsa. And then you can put some of those vegetables right on top. Like you could pretty much put anything in a taco. The other thing I love is like, just put an egg on it. Just take those roasted vegetables, chop them up, even with some chicken and make like a hash. And maybe you want to add some smoked paprika. I like to keep the initial seasonings really neutral when I'm cooking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you can kind of build those flavors globally. Right. Add some smoked paprika to to that. Um, I love to then saute some onion. And I find that then any roasted vegetable with the sauteed onion and some kind of spice like smoked paprika works so great. And then an egg on top. And then it's such a, wonderful. Yeah. Such a good dinner. Or make a frittata. Yeah. That's another one. Another yes. food eggs, waste hero. Food waste heroes. Scramble, an egg scramble, an omelet, a frittata. Absolutely. So I love that idea. Um, and so let's go with another one. I'll start this time. <laughs> and then you can run into, then you can maybe brainstorm some food waste hero ideas. So here we have some, maybe just one night you broil some salmon or you bake some salmon. But maybe so for I'm just now it's just my husband and me at home. I might make four. I'll pretty much always make double mm-hmm. because it's the same sheet pan. It's easy enough to do. And I know mm-hmm. I want those leftovers. So then I'm going to maybe roast some broccoli and I'm going to make some quinoa with that. And then my second meal is going to be I'd love to do an avocado toast with flaked salmon on top. And and then a little, you can do a little even like, I've been a little bit obsessed with this Korean 
spice called gochugaru. It's like mm. a not too spicy. It's kind of warm and sweet little spice that I've been putting on everything. So I think that's a really nice one. And then maybe with some radishes on top, which I want to get into a little bit also after long life, short life vegetables. Cause I do have a trick for minimizing waste in the grocery store with that too. But anyway, so that's one. And then another one I would love to do with that is uh, pasta. As you say, I love pasta with peas that I have in my freezer and flaked salmon. You could use canned salmon, but if I have that beautiful fresh salmon, I just toss yep. it in at the end. And I love that kind of dish. Um, and there's a reason why those are staple dishes in. Right. Frozen um, peas are a great staple. They're always in my freezer too. Yeah. So do you have any food waste heroes that you might use with some salmon? And Yes. The lemony salmon patties. Oh, um, it's a recipe in the book. Same thing. If you're cooking, if you're going to go to the trouble of searing or broiling or grilling salmon, you might as well make an extra piece. And a lot of times, sometimes it's less expensive to buy a whole filet than just two pieces. So you might as well cook it and yeah. make something else out of it. Yeah, I love the pasta and the salmon patty is really delicious too. You can then just add a side. You can make it into like a burger, like a salmon burger, have it as a sandwich the next day. Yeah. You could put it on a salad too, which is kind of nice. And one of the things I love to do also with leftovers. So here we, we have two examples of cook once, eat thrice. Any other? Well, I, you mentioned the roast chicken or even buying a rotisserie chicken. I mean, chicken goes a long way, a whole chicken. And I do include how to roast your own chicken in the book and how to make your own stock, which is, you know, just sort of a basic cooking skill that I think can be helpful because you can freeze that stock and use it at a later time or just enjoy soup a few days later. And roast a roast pork can work in a similar manner. So if you roast a tenderloin or a pork loin and you have, you know, let's say a nice Sunday meal with side dish, some veggies, a salad, you're going to have likely some of that pork roast left over. So again, the idea is let's not just slice it and reheat it. Let's do something else with it. So the next day you can do the pork pita pockets with a cucumber sauce. So again, you're adding a new flavor to it. You're having it cold in a pita pocket and it's a delicious sandwich. And then one of my other favorite leftover ideas, I love a good baked potato and a baked potato is a great landscape for almost any leftover. You can put, chop that pork into the potato, add some cheese, add a leftover veggie, a little sour cream, and then you have like a whole baked potato lunch. Mm. You can stuff that potato with chili or leftover chicken or leftover, whether it's beef chili or a bean chili and add some salsa. And it's a nice high potassium, high vitamin C <laughs> food with fiber and a great one dish meal that's really simple to make. Oh, I'm getting hungry now. <laughs> so if you make baked potatoes, bake two extra ones and then reheat them and stuff them with stuff through the week yeah. for lunch. Love that. Other food waste heroes we were talking about earlier are uh, pizzas, right? So I love to oh, do yeah. flatbread pizzas and I keep actually these whole grain non breads and pita breads in my freezer. So bread freezes really well. So you should never, ever have to waste bread. Even yes. if you buy a baguette or something that goes stale in a day or two. First of all, there's a million and one recipes specifically yes. designed such as French toast, specifically designed for leftover bread, but you never have to worry about that really, because you could just stick, slice it and stick it in your freezer. But I love to use those pitas and flatbreads 
as pizzas. And then literally that pork would be delicious yeah. on there. Put it on a pizza. <laughs> Put it on a pizza. <laughs> I, I just mean, did a TikTok about that. Put it on a pizza. Yeah. So that works great too. I also love um, stir fries and like fried rice and things oh, like yeah. that. Like literally just, you know, just stir fry it up and like bowl meals, you know, yeah. just create that bowl with the grain a little bit of protein and then whatever veggie you have left over or left in the fridge. Yeah. And that's a little different to me than a stir fry. That would be like more like fried rice where everything's together in the pan. But I think that's even a a second one, like that bootable notion, because that literally is practically designed for leftovers. You have a little leftover, you make, you have the grain bowl, you can add a little bit of leftover lettuce, a little bit. If you have like a quarter of a cup of broccoli left, you can put that on and divide it up among the people who are eating and it's okay if they only have one piece or whatever. So I well, totally I'm glad you brought that. the, I'm glad you brought up the little bit of whatever of broccoli, because the other thing you want to consider is, you know, this book is for consumers so that we can try to waste less at home. And, you know, restaurants are doing a huge job at reducing food waste. So it's across that whole board. But when you bring home leftovers or when you have leftovers that you have after you dine out, you might just think, well, I'm done. And there's, you know, they gave me a huge pile of broccoli and I only ate half of it, you know, but take it home. It's good. It's cooked broccoli. It's already done. And then add it in the ways you just suggested. It can stretch some other meal. So think about your restaurant leftovers too. And then you can cook them totally when you get home. Yeah. To me, that's restaurant leftovers are gold. If my husband eats my restaurant leftovers, I literally, <laughs> his head will be on a plate for dinner. I'm telling you, yeah, <laughs> you don't, don't touch my leftovers. I, <laughs> yeah, I usually have like serious plans for my leftovers. <laughs> so absolutely. So I wanted to, so I think we really have a sense of what those food waste heroes foods are. It's egg dishes, pastas, pizzas, soups, fried rice, stir fries tacos. Another one I'd like to mention that I love to do in the summer because I, I wind up making like salad. I'll make a, I don't know, some kind of maybe coleslaw and then I'll make a bean salad one night or something. And then at the end of the week, I literally just have it's salads night. And it's sort of like just small plates, whatever's right. left of anything gets on the table. I might slice up some mozzarella and fresh, beautiful tomatoes in the summer to like kind of refresh the table. Mm-hmm. And then it's such a nice meal and it's literally no work because I'm just taking all the salads and putting them out and everyone loves it and it yeah. feels fresh and new. So it's the sense of, and I think there's a reason why that's the tapas sort of way. And and also in the Middle East, it's meze, it's called, where you're having just a variety of small bites of things. So think about that as almost like small plate service is also a good way to use up random bits of things. Right. And, you know, you get the night off cooking essentially, and you can have fun with it. Yeah. And, um, and so then I wanted to just make sure I got to this idea of when you're at the store buying vegetables, because I do think it's a really big problem. I know this for me, when I go to the farmer's market, I get super carried away. Like, yes, I have a list and a basic plan, but I get so excited about the different things that, oh my God, I just love romantic. Eggplant, like, yeah. I have to get <laughs> four of them. 
And so I have to like practically rein myself in, but I do, I find it helpful to think when I'm buying vegetables, fresh vegetables, to think about how long they last in the refrigerator, particularly if you're shopping once a week, I know my farmer's market's once a week. So I'm there on Fridays and then I try to make that last. There are a certain number of tender lettuces and they're going to go bad first and the herbs are going to go bad first. So I, either I think of how I'm going to use those in the next couple of days or turn them into pesto or whatever, and not, not over buy the tender stuff. Then there's sort of like the middle range stuff that lasts a little bit longer, maybe like a heartier lettuce, like kale, a heartier green like kale. And then I'll buy a couple of those items. And I know that I can eat those toward, toward the middle of the week. And then the things like carrots and beets and radishes and more roots squash. are going, they're going to squash. They're going to last a while. So I think thinking about really realistically, how much of that tender stuff are you going to get to in particular, I think is, um, is an important food waste thing for me. I find I waste less when I think about it like that. Absolutely. And I include information about food storage in the book, but also the idea of I'm the same way. If I go to the farmer's market, I have to tell myself, you're not going to be in town Saturday or someone. I don't have time to cook all of that. So I have to decide what I'm going to do with everything I buy. So the notion of having a plan for everything you put in your cart is step one even though it looks good or maybe it's on sale. So whether that plan could be you freeze it or you dry it or you know you do something with it, that's fine. But you don't want too much to just be sitting in the fridge when it comes to the fresh stuff. And then remember that cooked vegetables will last longer than the raw. So you know if you open that bag of spinach and there's only two or three or four people, just cook the whole bit back. Just cook the whole thing. Don't just cook two portions because when it's cooked, it'll last a few days longer. And then you can do the twice, thrice with it, throw it into your Saturday morning omelet or put it into a pasta dish and it'll get eaten instead of getting Plus, gross in the that fridge. That gigantic thing of spinach that is in your refrigerator cooks down to about like a half a cup. Right, right. <laughs> it's right. kind of amazing to me. Um, right. And then, yes, you do use it. You just it's, chop it up. You can put yeah, it in a sandwich. You can make a panini. You can... I mean, so all you are right then. Maybe you wouldn't normally put some spinach on your sandwich and now all of a sudden you are. So yeah, you're eating healthier. Ready to eat. Or you just eat it all because like you said, the whole bag cooked down to a cup and a half. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. No, cooking is definitely a preservation method. And I don't think mm -hmm. people normally think about it like that. So if it's in there and it's starting to be like, eh, even if you're not going to eat it that night, just cook it because then right. you, you buy yourself some time. Right. I had peppers left this week and I had a cut onion in a container that was in the fridge. And I wanted, we had some chicken sausage with peppers and onions. And I just made all the peppers and onions because then they were cooked. And the next night I put last night, I put them into pasta. So yeah, I could think of about 9,000 things uh, to do with peppers and onions. I mean, they just go everywhere. They could yeah, just go everywhere. Sandwiches, pasta, <laughs> omelets. omelets. <laughs> So all those food waste hero dishes, pretty much every one, right? Yes. Yes. Well, and you mentioned the stale bread. I have a whole section in the back. I don't know if you got to it yet. Like 12 ways, to, 10 ways to use stale bread. I love and that. Strata is one of them. And ah, French toast, of course. I love that. I mean, and then you begin to realize this is how some of this stuff was invented. So you wouldn't waste the stale bread, French onion soup, French toast, and egg strata. Totally. There's a lot of tradition there. And I think we can really tap into that and discover more about 
kind of food culture traditions, because I think that so many food culture traditions come from this place of needing to really optimize mm-hmm. the resources at hand. Mm-hmm. And so that's and we are kind of, at that place now. Yes, we need again, to be. So, well, thank you so much. I don't know if there's anything you want to add uh, to wrap up here, but I feel like we had such a great conversation and I'm super inspired. We covered a lot. Use those food waste heroes. Yes. Excellent. Excellent advice. Thank you, Roseanne Rust. It was so delightful to talk with you. And uh, congratulations on the wonderful book, Zero Waste Cooking for Dummies. Thank you so much. It was a delight to talk to you. Waste less food. Thanks for listening. I hope you're as inspired as I am to cook up some food waste hero recipes. Go to elliekrieger.com to learn more about Roseanne Rust and get some great recipe links. And join me next time for another One Real Good Thing.